You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today we have Shannon Miley on with us, who is the owner of Lux Concierge Nursing. Shannon, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, all right, so why don't you start out and give us a little bit of background about you as a nurse. Uh, what kind of nurse are you, and how did you get started in nursing? I started as a new grad in a cardiovascular ICU. And after working nights there for a couple of years, night shift really started to wear on my, both my mental and physical health. And so I started looking for um, employment outside of the cardiovascular ICU, even though I really enjoyed my work there and I had amazing colleagues. Um, and so I started working PRN in a small PACU at a surgery center. Um, and then Eventually I wasn't able to get on a permanent day shift at the CVICU and ended up doing traveling nursing um, for a few months until I found a permanent position at a level one trauma emergency department. And that's where I work now. Okay, where did you travel to? About 15 minutes from my home actually, oh. <laughs> <laughs> here in Portland. Um, yeah, and I just did ICU traveling just for a few months to kind of bridge from the CVICU to the, my permanent ED position. Okay, yeah, I, I did that too, actually. I had lived in Houston, and I needed to get back to Philadelphia, and I'm like, oh, I'll take a travel assignment and go home, but that was like the only travel nursing, and I look back, and I'm like, why didn't I go to like Hawaii like everybody else? <laughs> <You know? laughs> But um, yeah, it was functional. It was, it was, it served its purpose. And actually it landed me in, in the job that I ended up being permanent for actually 20 years. So it was, it was good. Yeah. All right. So you took a permanent job in a level one, did you say emergency department or a trauma yeah. center? Okay. Both. Yeah. Um, that's pretty intense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a, a whole new learning curve, but I like it. Yeah, there's there's a huge difference between ICU chaos and ED chaos. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. A whole different pace. Yeah. So, do you identify more as an ICU nurse or ED? I think that I identify more as a ICU nurse. I really enjoyed the attention to detail and being really thorough. Not that you can't do that in the ED, um, but it's just mostly focusing on a chief complaint and getting people in and out. Um, and I enjoyed knowing every single thing about my patient in the ICU and having time to, you know, get them perfect in bed and clean the room and, and do the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah, it's controlled chaos. And yeah. <laughs> I'm with you there because I, I did a stint in the ED and I'm like, I can't handle this. It's, it's, I don't know what's coming through the door ever and I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's been a nice change of pace though. I think that I was maybe a little bit more burnt out in the ICU than I wanted to admit to myself um, outside of the night shift issues that I was having. Um, and especially when COVID hit, it was just, um, just stressful to be in patients' rooms for 12 hours and feel like that you're neglecting your other ICU patients. And, and so the pace of the ICU or the ED and the turnover has, has been a nice change. Uh, how did burnout manifest for you? I 
just felt really tired all the time. And I think part of that again was just being on night shift. Um, but I also just felt really irritated and almost angry. And I noticed myself um, when I didn't have time to address a patient or their family member, I noticed kind of almost starting to get short or snippy with them. And that was never the type of nurse that I wanted to be and just really doesn't match my nursing philosophy or my own personality. And when I noticed myself doing that, that was like a big red flag to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to, because I don't think they, I don't think they define burnout that way, but I, I did the same thing. Like people would say, oh, she's just hangry. She's hungry and irritable. And I'm like, no, I'm just like deep down, I'm really irritable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And stupid things like I'd walk into the hospital and people would be like, "Hey, Katie, how are you?" And I'm like, "What do you want?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, just little things that yeah, yeah you yeah. And you take them out totally out of context. Okay, so are you still working in the ED now? I am. Yep, that's where I work now. Okay, and then I mean, where did this business idea came come from? When I was working in the CVICU, I was able to get a temporary day shift position. And I think within a month of my first, um, within the first month of my temporary day shift position, I had started Lex Concierge Nursing. I knew that I always wanted to have a business, but I wasn't sure in what capacity or what kind of nursing care I would be doing. And so pretty much, yeah, as soon as I was on day shift, I started researching different kinds of nursing businesses that I could do on my own without having a medical director, just something that I could start small on my own and expand or build out. Um, and so that's kind of how it came to be. And that was okay. also part of the reason of picking up those PRN shifts in the PACU is to expand my um, post-op experience um, because my concierge business is um, targeted to towards post-op care. Okay. And I mean, how did you choose that audience? Um, and did you strictly stay with cardiac patients or did you start there? I did not strictly start with cardiac patients. Um, it was just any post-op patients um, because although they're depending on the surgeon and the surgery, there are nuances, but overall you're kind of looking for the same things and teaching patients the same things like preventing blood clots and um, infection, all that kind of stuff that goes along with any surgery. And I decided on post-op care because as I was researching what kind of concierge markets are or aren't in Portland, um, I noticed that there was just nothing really geared towards post-op. There are a couple businesses that are more um, franchise and they seem to um, be specifically for elderly patients. And I wanted something that anyone who was having, any adult patient who was having any kind of surgery could use. And I also wanted to be a luxury brand and I didn't notice anyone in Portland that was offering that. Okay. And um, when you first started telling people about this idea, uh, what was kind of like their response? Most people thought that it was a great idea. I had a coworker who's like a bachelor and was like, oh, I would have loved that service when I had, you know, this procedure done. That would have been great because I just don't really have anyone in my life that I would want to burden them with that. And I don't live with anyone. Um, and a lot of my colleagues in the CVICU were really great about um, connecting me with um, surgery centers or other nurses 
that could maybe put me in touch with clients and just really supportive and excited for me. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And it's, it's funny that you say that because, you know, years ago when I started up my concierge nurse uh, business, you know, I had this all mapped out. All my marketing was like, you know, I was thinking plastic surgery patients and all like beautiful women on. And my first call, my first client was this guy. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, And he was having like um, pec flaps or something and, you know, didn't want anybody to know about it. And I was like, how? Oh. You know, get it <laughs> yes yeah. so I had to change all the marketing and stuff so uh yeah like picking your clientele is is really helpful all right so um so how did you so you got these referrals and contacts um to surgeons um were you like nervous to follow up with them or how did those conversations go I think that was probably and still is probably one of the most challenging things for me about um this business is that I'm a very introverted person and I don't like having to sell myself or, you know, talk to people. <laughs> and so um, I made brochures and business cards and I just made a list of all this um, surgeons offices and surgery centers that I thought kind of matched um, the clientele that I wanted to serve. And I just spent whole day driving around and visiting those offices and passing out my brochures and business cards and um, some offices are a little bit more uh, have in-depth visits and so they'll actually come and we'll talk about specifically what I do the services I offer and I've had surgeons that you know bring me on a tour of their office which is really nice because I feel like it's a little bit more of a partnership rather than me just knocking on someone's door and bothering them with my brochures <laughs> yeah yeah no it's funny because like everything you're saying is like bringing back uh memories because i you know i had uh, i'm very introverted too and like you know i don't i just want to sit behind the computer and do things for people in a lot of ways but um you know when i first started i had to hand out the brochures and stuff and i remember sitting in this parking lot at, in front of this um, surgery office and I sat there for like 30 minutes and I'm like oh my god get out of this <laughs> car and go in there and they were so nice when I finally went in and I was like that, that was so blown out of proportion it's ridiculous yeah. um, so how did you know like this was going to work like that it would be worth doing to put aside your fears to go ahead and do it I think that just the feeling that I had when I was at my worst on night shift. I mean, I, it brought me a lot of health problems. Um, and I just wasn't even able to function. Like it was difficult to go grocery shopping or take my car in for maintenance. And so basically just having control of my health and my life taken away in that way, um, really just pushed me to take the risk to take control. And I really wanted to do something where I could have control of my own schedule, where eventually if I'm able to contract other nurses that I could offer employment to them that has a better work-life balance. Um, and so just, I think being in such a dark, bad spot really helped push me to take the risks and overcome the fears and the uncomfortable, uncomfortableness that comes along um, with starting a business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, so tell me um, about some of the services that you offer and, and how you came up with these. I it, So I've only been open about a year, so I'm still keeping it um, pretty basic for now. And so I offer 
town car transportation home from surgery. And then I offer different packages of nursing care and that's just kind of goes by different hourly increments. And, and that includes um, prescription pickup, helping with meal prep, light household chores, and then of course all the post-op teaching and making sure that patients are following their medication re regimen and all of their discharge instructions. And then of course being really an advocate for them too, if anything were to go wrong, I think it's a little bit easier for me to reach out to a surgery center and really be able to um, express what's going on with the patient. Whereas, you know, if you're by yourself or have family members that don't really aren't um, educated in healthcare, it can be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I can. I mean, and also like the family members, unless you have like a really brass family member, you know, they might be really intimidated to call. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of these, um, it's just one of those things that I think, you know, I'd have to be like, bleeding to death before my mom would call the surgeon. This is not the person I can put to. Well, I think doctors still, sorry, I think doctors still in some ways hold that authoritarian position. And I mean, you even see it in the hospital, the doctor will come in and the patient will say, oh yeah, everything's fine. And then you come in two minutes later and they're telling you, you know, all these problems or symptoms that they they're experiencing. Right. Or they're bitching you out and then as soon as the doctor comes out that you know they're so nice and you're yeah. just like what just happened here this is like Jekyll and I <laughs> yeah they, they do still you know carry that um, that sense of authority um, but uh, so in that terms like when you are working with them on a business level do you feel like you get treated as kind of like their nurse or like a partner so far in my experience, I uh, really feel that I've been treated like a partner, especially the um, surgeon's offices who, like I mentioned, have let me kind of come through and given me a tour and kind of told me about their vision for their office and how I match that um, is, yeah, definitely feels like more of a partnership and is nice to be seen that way. And it's nice to have someone that wants the same thing for the patient that you do. Yeah, and I think like, uh, you know, concierge businesses like this popping up are very timely because at the same time, you are seeing um, more concierge-like medical practices. I think, you know, the day of um, walking into some of these offices where it's like plastic chairs and People magazine from like 1980, <laughs> I mean, they're over, you know, <laughs> patients really want more. And even the, I mean, especially primary care offices, like if they're not sprucing up kind of their brand and their image, um, it's having an impact. Like, I mean, I don't want to go to a primary care office anymore that's dinky and, and again, like metal or plastic chairs. And, you know, I, I do want that kind of ambience. I almost want like a spa ambience. And so to have your brand uh, to kind of like match that, I think is, is yeah, I mean, that's amazing. It's so good. Um, so how did you come up with your branding? I am definitely not... Uh, the most artistic person. And so I, I actually, one of the first things I did was have someone create a logo for me. And then when I built my website, it kind of um, took the colors from that logo and 
kind of made a theme for my website. And I just kind of went off that and built it from there. I chose all of, I built my website from scratch um, besides it kind of pulling over the colors from my logo. And so I chose all the photos and wrote everything on it um, myself, um, but it kind of all started with that logo that someone made me and I really liked and thought represented the vision for my brand really well. Yeah, no, I, I, you did a really, really nice job. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, and I'm, I do love these colors. And the other thing I really appreciate, and this is totally on brand, is that you did stick with your colors. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes we create brand boards for people and they'll be like, but I want pink. And we're like, but that's not a brand color that you, I mean, you chose the colors. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this all looks, looks really good. Um, so it, are you working with other nurses at this point? Are you solopreneurs? Right now it is just me. Um, I am still working full-time in the hospital. And then recently I've been really busy with the concierge business. So I've pretty much been working full-time um, doing that as well. Okay, so do you have um, surgeons that have like routine, like they always have their surgery on Tuesday and you know that you know Wednesday, Tuesday night's gonna be like a big night for you? Yes, there's one office um, specifically that I just recently started working with and they have just been yeah cranking out clients for me and so I kind of know their schedule and exactly when when people will be getting out of surgery on what days and, and what times okay so there's never like a surprise so you can schedule work at the hospital um and it's not like a surprise visit like oh my god you have to show up right now like this person just had I mean I, I can't imagine you'd be watching people after emergency surgery right like that's that doesn't happen that hasn't happened um it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, some, the surgery offices or the surgeon's offices leave it up for, to the clients to call me. And so depending on how far they're planning ahead, then I can switch my schedule around that. But I do get people that just find me on Google or just didn't plan very far ahead and want me tomorrow or next week. And so I have to do some switching around. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any nurses in the wings just in case? Um, I, I do. Yes. Okay. I have a couple of people who I think are interested in, in doing a little bit of PR and concierge nursing. Yeah. I mean, it's so much better than like picking up a, like a 12 hour shift in the ED. Like this is so much nicer. <laughs> yeah. Less stress for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want one-on-one -on -one or one-on, you know, your 60 patients that are going to walk in the door in, in the next 12 hours? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So do you have any kind of like special flow that you do with the, the patients or, you know, for your brand? Like, how do you, do you have like touch points or like um, branding things that you do for your patients? My tagline is private and personalized care. And so I really strive to meet the personalized part. And so I do walk clients through of kind of the routine that I would like to when we get back to their house after surgery. Um, but really I leave a lot of it up to them and how they're feeling. And so typically I kind of get someone back home, make sure they're comfortable, make sure their pain's well controlled, check vitals. Um, and then kind of start going through some of the discharge things we need to do, like making sure they're able to tolerate um, PO intake and getting up and walking, that kind of stuff. Um, but again, taking into consideration how they're feeling and what they feel up for um, at the moment. 
Okay. And when you um, first started with some of these offices, did you, um, was your first point of contact, was it the surgeon? Was it the uh, office manager? Was it like the MA? Like what was your kind of first point of contact? The office managers or administrators is who I usually end up being in contact with. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and were they hard to get in touch with? Some of them. Um, some offices never responded and I go bother them and drop off my brochures and business cards anyways. Um, and then um, some of them are will respond and say, yeah, drop by any time or again, are more involved and make an appointment to kind of meet up with me and chat about my services specifically. Yeah, because you always run that risk of, you know, the offices are being bombarded by not just, um, you know, by one service, but by pharmaceutical agents and medical device agents and, you know, all these farm, farm reps and, and whatever. Um, so yeah, it does get a little intimidating, but then at the same time, you're like, I'm offering to help your patients have a better experience. So. <laughs> and I think that reflects on their office as well. I think that it shows that they care about their patients and that if someone feels like my care post-operatively help them and help them have a better post-op recovery experience than in the surgeon or someone in their office recommended them. I think that reflects well on their office too. So it's kind of oh, yeah. for everybody. Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge selling point because that post-operative period and, and any surgeon will tell you like the post-op period is so important, no matter what they do in the OR, like if it gets screwed up in the post-op period, like it, mm -hmm. it, that's what the, that's what the patients see. Like we, cause I used to work in the OR and we had to, we went through excruciating detail to make sure that the dressing looked good because mm -hmm. that's the only thing that people see. You know, we could muck around in the head all we wanted, but that <laughs> dressing had to look good um, because it's it's the outward appearance of what people see. And, you know, I think when you have like a concierge nurse taking care of the client afterwards and you're not like in some dinky pack you and uh, I mean they might end up in a dinky pack you to start but that whole like what they'll remember is the experience that they have with you and they'll associate that with the with the doc um, with the surgeons so I think that's really powerful I agree yeah so they have to be careful who they partner with too so I mean did they have some suspicion um, of you at first or I've actually been really surprised because of course I know the kind of nursing care that I provide. And I know I'm very thorough and very safe, um, but I have been surprised at how willing that some of the surgery offices um, are just so anxious to partner with me without really knowing much about me or having me never cared for one of their patients before. And that, I think that's been one of the things that has surprised me the most is just their willingness to just trust me and be like, oh, we've been looking for a service like yours for so long. Here's, you know, we're going to recommend you to every, all of our patients. Uh, yeah, it's like a level of desperation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I think, you know, I think in the past, like I had brought this up like 10 years ago to my neurosurgeons um, and, you know, they liked the idea and I wanted to start this business and then run it for them. And the chairman's like, no, we're going to do that ourselves. And I was like, all right. So they took the idea and, you know, that's, that was the last time I ever brought an idea up at the hospital, but in the last like 20 years, they've done absolutely nothing with it. And it's because, you know, well, one in like a university hospital setting, it's just like impossible to get anything happen. 
Um, but two, it's much harder to create like a really great brand, um, you know, like what you have when they're so busy doing so many other things and it just doesn't make sense to try and do it themselves. Um, all right, so in terms of like marketing, like how, how many, um, did you have a goal in mind of how many offices that you wanted to work with or how many patients? And at what point do you feel like uh, you would need to bring somebody on either part-time or full-time? I initially just started out with hitting every office that I thought might service the kind of clientele that I wanted to care for. Um, so I just wasn't really picky at the beginning. I just kind of wanted to get the word out. Um, and now that I have kind of more steadily been taking care of clients, I think that I would like to do that full-time and continue working full-time for a longer period of time before I start bringing people on, just because so far it, there is an ebb and flow. Um, there are some months that are much busier and then others, I don't get a lot of um, clients calling for post-op care. And so, yeah, I would like to work my way up to consistently working both full-time before I bring someone else on. Okay. Um, yeah, because also, I mean, when you think about it, like you have to, that person has to represent your brand and you become really like selfish about that. And, you know, it's like, well, nobody can do nursing as well as I can, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then also the, they're your face, you know, it's like, they're representing you and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's hard to give up that control. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Especially from an ICU nurse. Yeah. Um, all right, so what what do you, you plan to do in terms of like marketing this more to bring in uh, more of that, um, more offices? So far I have found the most successful thing has been visiting the offices. And so I think just kind of uh, going on my rounds again and touching base with um, surgeons and their staff again, just in case they forgot about me or the brochures got put in a desk somewhere uh, in a drawer somewhere. And then also I have had some success with Google and I did hire a marketing brand, a marketing company for a short time just to help with my SEO. Um, that all of that was like a little bit overwhelming to me. And so that was helpful. It bumped me up on Google and more people have been able to find me that way. And so those are kind of the main two ways that I market to clients and what I put most of my focus in. I do have social media um, and I've had people like save some of my posts, like maybe they might come back and use me, but I have never had anyone tell me that they found me through Instagram or Facebook. It's always through the surgery, um, the surgeon's office or through Google. Yeah. Um yeah, I would say like, especially the referral from the surgical office is so, so powerful. Um, I had a woman call me one time and she was like, my doctor says that I need your service. And I was like, okay, well, here's the price. And she's like, she's like, that's too expensive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then she calls me back like a week later and she's like, my surgeon says I have to do it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but that, like, that was really powerful. Um, getting that kind of like, it's an endorsement. And, you know, that's why when you create a brand that matches um, what that 
surgical office wants to convey. I mean, it's such a powerful combination. Um, all right, so um, what do you see like um, for your future? Like what would be your definition of like a phenomenal out of the park success with this? I would first like to expand the services that I offer and bring on a medical director and just make it so how you were talking about earlier, kind of how people almost want a more spa experience. And so being able um, to offer like the post-op mas massages and IV hydration, that kind of thing, and um, make it a little bit more like well-rounded and a little bit, even a little bit more luxury. And then I would like to expand out of the Portland area. I know Washington, there are a couple concierge services there, but not a lot. Um, and so that would be my ultimate, ultimate goal is to expand out of Portland and Oregon even. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you're in a, you're in a great state to like, I mean, you could even work with like nurse practitioners instead of medical directors because they have such great practice rights out there. Unlike Pennsylvania where we're backwards and <laughs> um, but yeah that would be awesome and I, I love that um yeah so okay so what is your your timeline for this what do you how long do you think it'll take this last year with having to change jobs and doing all the onboarding that is so time consuming and that comes with that that I think I'm probably still getting a feel for that but now that I am kind of settled into my new home in the emergency department and I've been able to start pouring more time back into my business. Um, it, it has been um, much more steady. And so I'm hoping by next year I can add on some, some more of these services um, and kind of make it the full luxury brand that I want it to be. I love that. <laughs> and it's so exciting because like really a business, it, you know, especially when you first get started, um, it's kind of like, where are all the patients? Like, where are all my clients? Where's all my money? <laughs> When's it coming in? And then, you know, it's, it's almost like you hit this sweet spot. Um, and it, it always feels like whenever I talk to people and, you know, obviously it's not every, every case, but it feels like it takes that first year where you're in there and you're doing stuff and it feels like you're going nowhere. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, something clicks or, you know, people have seen your brand so many times now that they're starting to trust it. And then, you know, the, the clients start coming in, they start trickling in and, and then they start kind of like really coming in and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that, that's exciting. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, so this opened in 2021, is that correct? Or was it, I mean, during the height of COVID or? Um, April 2021. Okay. Were you nervous about COVID or was that? I, I think that being around it so much in the ICU and um, that it was just kind of something that was just becoming normal for me. And so I wasn't worried about it as far as getting sick myself or necessarily getting my clients sick because I knew how to protect them from that. And obviously I wouldn't care for someone if I wasn't feeling well. Um, but I think that there was some maybe reluctance in are people going to want the service in their home in the midst of COVID was probably my, my bigger worry. Yeah. And I would say like the exact opposite. Like, I think 
your this type of business that you have is going to start to explode over the next you know five years because it is and you'll be so far ahead of the game of everybody because you already have the brand and once that you have surgeons that like you like um i don't if, know if you've had this experience but they get like tunnel vision it's like you're the only person in the world and they only trust you and you know to for somebody to come in and try and you know break that that bond is very difficult. So when you have a huge head start, um, you can get all these different surgical offices to start trusting you and um, partnering with your brand. And it's, it's, I mean, you're just in a really great position. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. All right. Well, um, tell us uh, if uh, people want to get in touch with you, learn more about your business or even use your services, like how would they find you? You can go to my website at www.luxconciergenursing.co. You can call me. I do do free consults, and that is 971-330-2451. And then you can search me on Facebook or Instagram. But really, those are the two best ways to get a hold of me and um, see what services I offer. Awesome. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for everything you do to empower nurses.